Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. At ESB Networks, we keep the nation humming by connecting us all to Ireland's power network. To increase the capacity and maintain the safety of the network, we may need to temporarily switch off the electricity in your area for a short period. As always, we will let you know in advance if you're going to be affected. To find out more, visit esbnetworks.ie. Yes, here we go. We've got the most handsome man in India. It's a great start, that, isn't it? You happy with that? I'm happy with that. I'm doing that, yep. We're done now. (laughs) Thanks for coming on, mate. No problem, no problem. You've only got a week left in Britain. Yep, Friday we head out. So, um, you know, I've been back for three months. It's a bit of a wrench to go, but um, missing a bit of curry now. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, did you actually miss it? After a while, you go there, and um, when you first go there, you start eating curry again, and you get the shits. And then when you come home, you eat plain food again, and you get the shits. (laughs) And then after a while, you want to have a curry again. So you're just shitting yeah. constantly. <laughs> yeah, nonstop. <laughs> and by the way, what a signing, Callum Higginbottom. Yeah, no, good. I've talked to him just now, so he's got to hopefully get his visa now. Yeah. Um, we're lucky to get him. Um, but the club's got a bit of money now. The foreign players are on decent money, so... Um, then I need a fat wee midfielder there. We never know. He still was quick. No. That's <laughs> <laughs> a no story. Right? That's the tough pitch as well. <laughs> Um, right, I need to ask you because you wanted a shout out on this. Your goalie coach, Peterhead Scott, yeah. to your best man at your wedding. Yeah, never seen a guy shit so much in my life. Yeah, well, he's um, I used to share a room with quite a lot um, under sixteen Scotland teams and boys club and stuff like that. And he actually got to the point where he'd actually measure the length of his shit. <laughs> <laughs> he goes in before all the boys. He gets to the ground early yeah. just to shit before the boys get in. Yeah. Horrible nah, guy. Some boy, some boy. Good lad. Lovely good man. Friend, good friend. Uh, Rangers TV tonight. You still uh, follow follow the results? Um, follow the results, that, yeah. Um, no, I do. All the clubs I've played with that I look. But Rangers are a bit special because I had such great memories here. Um, and, uh, you know, they always look after me. I've been back to a couple of corporate things. I did a, 
uh, after dinner speaking kind of thing um, at Ibrox a few weeks ago. So they look after me and they look after the old players. And I always find that, you know, having played for Aberdeen, grew up in Aberdeen and stuff like that, that, you know, you think you're going to be a supporter all your life. But when you go to Rangers, something changes and your life changes and, yeah, you just become not hooked on Rangers, but it's just it's just a way of life. And Aberdeen they look fans, after I love to hear that, mate. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Aberdeen fan growing up, as you said. Yeah, I was I was um, believe it or not, I never used to play football till I was eight. A lot, really? nah, just I wasn't interested. My dad used to take me and my sister down to Duffy Park on a Sunday afternoon, and my sister would play football. I wouldn't, um, so I just wasn't interested at all. And then um, we Aberdeen won the League Cup in 1976, so they beat Celtic two one. And um, my dad bought me scarves and everything down at the bus, you know, the open top bus down Union Street. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, I wanted to play football. Um, so my, my dad used to take me to Petrodigal all the time. He'd he put me in the, afterwards, went to the golf club, the Bonaco Golf Club. Um, he'd give me a Coke and a bag of crisps after the game and he'd have a few beers and we'd go home. And it just became a routine. Um, and then, um, it, it's funny, um, a lot of people say I'm quiet and shy and whatever, or maybe they've got other impression of me, I'm arrogant or whatever. Um, but I remember after they won the League Cup in 1976, I was into the old fight. Fine Fair used to be Asda, used to be, be Fine Fair. Um, and Jockey Scott was there, and Willie Miller, Joe Harper. And um, they signed this little book for me. And it's hard to believe that 10 years later, I was eight, eight or nine years old, I'm playing the same team as Willie Miller and Jockey Scott ends up being a coach. Wow. Did you remind them of that? I know I, I didn't. No, no, they wouldn't remember me. Willie, Willie was always too busy shouting at me anyway. <laughs> uh, how did you get into the Aberdeen Youth Ranks then? Um, I was playing, um, just played boys club at a, a club called Deeside. Um, and Alec Ferguson's dad, uh, sorry, Alec Ferguson's son, Mark, eventually went to play there. And then I played in all the schoolboy selects and whatever. But because I started late, I went for trials for the primary school team and I never got in it. And um, it wasn't until the second game Somebody couldn't make it. Somebody's away on holiday or something or sick. I got in the team and I was hopeless. Um, I was I actually come on as a sub and got subbed off again. No way. Uh, yeah, so it was tough. Um, and then, then I played all these primary school selects. And then on a Monday night, um, all the guys, once you go into secondary school, you play on a Monday night in the car park and you'll play against Keith the Highland League. So like, bear in mind, you're 13, 14 and you're playing at Ash Car Park at, at Petron. You've probably seen it. Obviously, uh, the main you stand. You pack in there, don't you, when yeah. you're playing them? Yeah, so we used to play there, and he's play against these high league guys, and they were good at that time, and they just kicked the shit out of you. You just scuffed on the, the blaze and stuff like that. And it hardened you up. And then I remember um, my dad was standing watching a game, and, and Alec Ferguson, who used to go everywhere, he knew every player's name, he knew where everybody stayed, everything. What, even in the boys' clubs, yeah. local boys' clubs? Yeah, well, well the, 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 that group that we had. Right. Um, and I remember my dad says to me, so I think Alec Ferguson's going to sign you. So that same week... Uh, Manchester United knocked on the door and wanted me to go there. And then about two days later, um, I got a phone call from Aberdeen saying they wanted to sign me in an S-Form. So see, when you're signing an S-Form, yeah. do you actually go and meet Alex Ferguson, the manager? Yeah, you meet him, you sign with him. Yeah, yeah. What, what, would, what sort of stuff would he say? Just work hard and... No, he just, just work hard and it's an honour to be at the club and stuff like that. And then at that point, they weren't quite as successful as they, they ended up being with the, the Cup Winners' Cup. But he was just a... He had a bit in awe of him. He wasn't... The guy he was, what he is now or, or previously, but just being the same room as him. And just because it's your boyhood team, you suddenly get a contract there and um, it just just feels great. Could you tell back then that he would go on and be the manager he was? Was there just something about No, him? no, you couldn't because he was, he used to take me in and uh, it was almost like he had this desire to win. Um, and he had this thing where 
he'd go everywhere. He'd go to Fort William in a midweek to watch a game, him and Archie. They've got no chance of signing anybody, but they just, any of it was a game. And there was one time I was at the, the bus stop. I needed two buses to get home um, to my mum and dad's house when I was about 14 on a Monday night. So nine o'clock, I'm, I'm at this bus stop behind the beach end. And Alec Ferguson comes, he's got silver Mercedes, stops, jump in, right? This was, I think this was before I signed S forms. He didn't even ask, I was, I was giving him one more answer. He's asking me questions, one more answer. He didn't even ask where I lived and he took me right to the door. Just knew? Just knew, yeah. Wow. Just incredible guy. He's just, but he's just, uh, he's got a, it's just an instant respect. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? From a guy. Brilliant. And you mentioned him as well, Archie Knox. Yeah. How hard was he on young boys? When well, Archie, Archie was, he was tough. But it's funny because when he was at Aberdeen, he was really tough. At Rangers, he was, he was a bit like a social convener, but he was hard. Um, hard on what? Have you weren't working hard enough or he thought you were? No, he just hard. I think it was just to keep you, in those days, it was just kept you going, kept you going. Even if you're doing well, he's not trying to down you, but they're trying to keep encouraging you. Do you think that, do you think that helped or was it a bad thing? No, it helped for me. I mean, some, I know some players crumbled. A lot of the, like, we used to come in in the, the school holidays and there was an old snooker table at Pataudry and the Glaswegians used to sit one side of it and the Aberdeen North East guys and we'd sit like mice and the Glaswegians are climbing on the snooker table they're doing everything. We're, we're scared they're going to beat the shit out of us. <laughs> and a lot of them, a lot of the Aberdonians couldn't cope with it because Aberdonians are, you know, pretty quiet and shy and reserved and whatever. And obviously the Glaswegians aren't and we used to have a hard time. I mean, like, even the, the jobs we had as ground staff when, when I left school at I think it was 16. Um, they used to have all these jobs where they're this tiled carpet and it was hairy. And in the dressing room, in the hall, both dressing rooms. And you had to clean it. Every day on the ground stuff you do it. But you weren't allowed to use a, a vacuum cleaner. You had to use a, a, a big wooden brush. And it'd take you for hours and hours and hours. And I, I saw one said, no, no, you, you've got to do it this way. And it was full of like grass caught and you had to get every blade of grass out. And if it wasn't done properly, would you just be there until... Well, you just have to keep doing it, because you'd have to get Teddy, Scott or Art. Even Fergie would come in, nope, you missed a bit here, you missed a bit there. Wow. You're there for hours and hours. Do you get young boys in India doing jobs? Fucking joking. <laughs> it's hard enough to get the players to do anything. <laughs> no, I certainly don't get that. I'd like to introduce it, but they, just, they just make excuses. Uh -huh. uh, trophy lane career, your yeah. first coming in the League Cup, 1989 beating Rangers. First one always the most special one? It was, um, but that was the third time, because we'd lost the previous two. The, the first one, um, Peter Nicholas missed a penalty kick, but I'd actually broke my, a bone in my foot in the, in the, the semi-final. Couldn't play in the final. Um, and after it, the, the late Pete, uh, Ian Porterfield, because um, I wasn't in the, I, don't, I, I think it was maybe 13 players or something at that point, he gave me his medal, runners-up medal. Then the following year, we played, and I think we lost 3-2. I think Ian Ferguson might have scored a winner. Um, and I had an absolute shocker that day. So when we actually won, eventually won it, it was so good. You know, my mate Paul Mason scored a couple of goals. I had a, a throw in, um, and I think it was at Charlie Nicholas or somebody flicked it on, and, and Paul scored. That, that was great. Um, but I think the, the memorable part is that open top bus, you know, because as a player, as a, as a kid, Did you watch I, I saw it, and it was thousands and thousands of people coming. You know, like obviously Rangers can't do that kind of things. But it's just, it's an amazing experience. You're on top of this bus, and then you, you there's a little balcony at the town hall, you go out there, and um, and I think it was the last time Willie Miller won anything. What about your dad? Was he? He must have been so proud. Obviously, he said he was an Aberdeen fan. Yeah, he was. No, he was. He was. He was just delighted when I when I signed for Aberdeen. Mm. Um, but it, it's funny what he did was. I remember when I was in Aberdeen about eighteen. Um, Kenny, there was no mobile phones then, so the old, you know, the old dial-up phone. Yeah. Um, Kenny Douglas calls my dad, asked me to go to Liverpool. My dad, nah, no chance. He's not going to Liverpool. 
What are you doing? <laughs> Knocking back Liverpool, Man United. Yeah. So he from That's Aberdeen. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how much a fanatic he was? Huh? Yeah, yeah. He just he just loved Aberdeen, and um, he he was never a, a great player. He played amateur and stuff, but he was proud of 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 me of, of what he achieved. Although when I went to Rangers, he. He wasn't exactly too happy at the time. Right. Oh, because that's the big right. Uh, yeah, so yeah. did he try and talk you at the Rangers, mate? Um, well, he did. He said he's shooting the right thing. And then he was a bit unhappy for, you know, a few months. And then the, the best thing was, after we had a successful first season, he said it's the best thing you've ever done. And there you go. Yeah. Uh, you completed the Cup double that year, beating Celtic as well yeah. in the Scottish Cup final. Was there any fear that Aberdeen team playing Celtic? No, I mean, Why was that? I think it was from Fergie days. I know that there was, there was Fergie when they went to Glasgow and they won, particularly in Glasgow to win games then Portfield came in and that sort of stopped a little bit and then you know there was a bit of excitement with Jockey Scott and Alex Smith coming in um, we, I remember we were at Parkhead you went 3-1 it wasn't just like the odd goal of a draw you went in 3-1 got Ibrox and went 3-0 um, it's just uh, there were it's just, it's just it's a belief but then again you had guys like my first season Jim Latham still playing you had Willie Miller Alec McLeish Stuart McKimmy who at the gym bet all used to going down there and, and you know getting the results against the old firm um, but it was just a belief, but slowly by slowly it just evaporated. See, when you got in the first team, who was who was the one that stood out for him? Miller McLeish? Um, well, Alec was brilliant. Alec was was so helpful. You know what I mean? Absolutely brilliant. He really helped a lot, um, encouraged me and everything. So would you play left back and he'd be left? No, I had Willie next to me and Willie just, all he did for the three or four years that I played with him, whatever, he just slaughtered me all the time. He blamed me for all these bad passes. And, and because he was a legend, the supporters had got on my case and everything. I was young and you know, there's certain things I wanted to say to him, but I never did it. Kept you know, just respect, yeah. Whereas Alex was probably the oh, opposite. Yeah, yeah. Would he encourage Alex McLeish? Alex was brilliant. Even now, um, he's, he's, he's the greatest guy ever. Is he? You know, he's, I remember I did a half-time draw at Ibrox um, a, a number of years ago, and, and he was under pressure. He was under the man, Rangers manager. And he came up the tunnel, and I'm going to do a half-time draw, and he stood and spoke to me for five minutes. At half-time, yeah. the game was like? Well, before he went to do his team talk, he just said, how's the family, how's everything? Just a, just a great guy. Top man. Yeah. Uh, one on penalties that day. You scored yeah. yours. Are you nervous taking it as a young lad? Well, the, the game oh, itself. So the game itself was shocking. It was the worst game ever. The pitch, was shit. Pitch was wasn't good. It was boiling hot. It was the slowest game ever. It was always going to go to penalty kicks. Um, and then you know it goes to penalty kicks and they pick the first five. And I'm I'm not the way to tell this. And then there was guys like it was like Graham Watson was playing. I'm not sure if Ian Jess was there. And I thought, I better step up here. I'm a bit older than these guys. I'd go and take one. So I go up and I'm going towards it. It's like it was a Celtic end. I put the ball down, Pat Bonner's in goals. And I'm looking at my, I've got no idea what I'm doing here. I've got no idea what I'm doing. No idea, no idea. And then I just hit the ball and I was going to smash it to my left. And I mishit it and I went straight. Um, I could hardly run either because Mike Galloway had done me in at a dead leg. So my step, my run up was like two steps. And, and I hit it, and thankfully I mishit it because if I hit it right, he'd have saved it. You went the right way, didn't you? You were going. You <laughs> must have read it because I've no good. That's the first penalty kick I ever took. I think. <laughs> Much my eyes. Yeah. And uh, party bus back to Aberdeen. Um, well, that was a. Uh, you, you you think it was going to be a, a, a great event, but we stopped halfway up, which was a bit of a mistake. Um, I think we stopped in Ochterarder or something like that, and in this hotel party, and it You're was not getting any good boozers in Ochterarder. Nah, there, not a lot. Well, we just stayed in a hotel. It was nothing. But then. We get to just outside Aberdeen on the bus the next day again, and we do the whole thing again, and then a few of us have a have the real night out after that. Uh, which is, all the younger ones, ones, the older ones go home. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, Alex Smith, Jockey Scott, as you said, management team at that point. What were they like? Jockey Scott, everyone says he's quite a hard... Oh, Jockey was just miserable. You know, he's, he's never happy. Um, I actually saw him a few weeks ago playing some a golf event. Um, but the thing, they were a good combination. Um, Alec was good with the young players. 
Um, I think he was a little bit in awe of Willie Miller and McLeish and these guys. Um, but Jockey, obviously, he's got respect. He's played there. He's played with Willie um, when Willie was younger. And he's a, he was a steady influence, you know, the, and, and Alec was the good guy, you know. Um, but there was one time we were in Holland in pre-season. They fell out with each other. They were called co-managers. They fell out with each other. So even at, it got to a point, even at dinner, they'd sit at different tables from each other. And um, like the, the, the physios and the coaches and kit men, they didn't know where to sit. We've got to sit, we've got to sit. And then you'd maybe ask, like Jockey, hey Jockey, what, what time is tomorrow? Ask him. Horrendous. <laughs> 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 did that, they like each other though? No, they did, yeah. Uh, no, no, they got on well, but just, I don't know, for some reason they fell out of each other. Yeah. So it'd be Jockey Scott, would he not be scared then giving Alex McLeish and Willie Miller a bit? No, no, no. No, he, he's, yeah, he, you know, I, I remember a couple of times he gave Jim Bett a bit in, in the rest of him as well. And, mm-hmm. um, but Jockey was good. Jockey, um, Jockey put me in the shit. Me and Scott Tate actually. Um, oh, so, and, so convenient you mentioned shit and, and Scott Tate again. And um, <laughs> we're away in, I think we're in Hungary or something. So Alec Ferguson had this nickname of Tinhead. Tinhead. Right. right. So I remember um, we were talking away and Jockey was, he was assisting in this under 16 tournament. So we're talking away and he's asking questions. He's obviously trying to suck us in here. And he's, ah, we call him Tinheed. Not, not to his face, but behind his back, Tinheed. And it got back to him and Fergie had a go at us. Because <laughs> we called him Tinheed. Did you put Jockey in it and tell him? No, I, I, we just, when Fergie spoke, you just took it, whatever he did. Uh, anything that you took for Jockey Scott? And... Um, no, I think just see if you could put them both together. They'd be a fantastic manager. manager you know, Jockey, uh, Alec was a little bit softer, but Jockey was hard. And I think the both needed a bit of each other, which mm-hmm. made it a, a pretty good partnership. Perfect. Uh, it was a speculation regarding your future before you actually signed for Rangers for a while. Yeah, there was, um, again, going back to, to Alec Ferguson. So Alec Ferguson, um, he left halfway through my, I think it was my first season um, in the first team. He um, he went to Manchester United. It was a big shock. Nobody knew what was going to go on. Um, and then what they tried to do, I was in the team. They tried to put, Archie took the team. So Ian Porterfield came to watch the game. And what he did was, I think it was a midweek game. I don't know if it was a friendly game or something. But anyway, he put John McMaster in at left back and kept me out. So, Portfield was going to go with the same team. And then Teddy Scott, the kit man, um, who's no longer with us, he says, what are you doing? Dave, no, no, this is the team I want to play. He says, no, you have to play Davey. So, Teddy told me this. And basically what Alec Ferguson and that were trying to do was get me out of the team, into the reserves and be forgotten about and get me to the end of the season. To Man United? Yeah. And then we played... That same season, I think it was a couple of years on, uh, oh, the, the same season, we um, played a, a youth cup game. I was playing the first team, but I was also playing in the youth cup. Right. Um, in those days, there was no leagues or nothing. It was just, you know, a knockout competition. Yeah. So we got to the semi-final, and it was a midweek game. We're playing at Parkhead in the youth cup. Um, so we get back about one o'clock in the morning. And by this time, I've bought this fancy car that I couldn't afford. And um, so I'm, I'm driving home one o'clock in the morning at my parents' house. And this car's behind me, looking... So, and, and I go quicker, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 mile an hour. And it's right behind me. Then they start flashing lights and I thought, oh shit, please. So I stop and get out and it's Fergie. Fergie, and, and just not far from my house. I get in the car and he says, uh, ask me, would I go to Manchester United? Um, but turns out that I was on this stupid contract, a four year or two year option. Uh, so it was a two year or two year option, I can't remember what it was. Um, so I was stuck there and Aberdeen wouldn't let me go. Yeah, but, but going back to Fergie, so Fergie, um, wow. this is how tough he was. I remember I left school, 16-year-old, 
And um, he says, like, here's your contract, two-year with a two-year option. So I go home, tell my dad, no, no, it's got to be a two, straight two-year or a straight four-year because the option was theirs. Right, okay. So it was like 65 quid a week. Um, but there was a clause in that if you got on the first team, you got £250 a week plus some appearance money. So anyway, I go home and he says, no, no, it's got to be a two-year or four-year. So I get back in, knock on the door, Fergie. And he goes, eh, well, because what my dad says, two-year or four-year, just fucking sign it. Yeah, and then I took my while to him. He found out because the SFA put something through the post and he says, But then, you know, so I was on this 250. Well, got on the first team on 250 quid a week and bonuses. So I bought this car that I couldn't afford. And summertime comes and I'm looking at the bank and thinking, I've got no money left. What's happening? So I call Barbara at the office and she goes, I says, I think I've summed all my wages. I'm not getting the amount that I should be getting. And he goes, uh, she says, oh, come down, the manager's in. So I'll go down, Fergie. And I says, hey, boss, um, wages are, you know, back to £65 a week. I said, but I'm in the first team, you're on £250 a week. He says, it's a summertime, son, you're not in the first team. <laughs> <laughs> you know, daft, did you? Did you go need to wash his car as well? Ah, yeah. We, you got all these tasks. Um, there's a lot of them. Um, they, they used to play this game on a Friday, um, Archie and uh, Fergie. It was in the gym under it, like the family stand, and it's it's a little square, and there's these goals painted. So they pick a goal, and it's like one touch, and you just smash balls. But all the apprentices had to stand, sit and watch. And um, this time there was, um, you know, you got to referee it, so you know what's going to happen. Whoever wins, you're going to get a punishment. So Archie beats Fergie, and um, and he goes, "Hey, you Robertson," and there was a guy Robert McCrobb, Scott Tate. You guys watch my car, okay? But by this time it's about three because you were still trying to. We've been brushing this hairy carpet. So it's about four o'clock on a Friday and it's getting dark. And because he travels all over Scotland, there's about a million flies in front of the car. So we go out there and it's getting dark and it's getting cold. It's winter time. We're going, oh. So we get the, the bucket and we just throw it. And then we thought, he's never going to notice because it's dark. We just threw the water. We didn't scrub the flies <laughs> off nothing. So, yeah, so... I don't know if you've been to Petodi, but there's, you go back and there's a long, long corridor out the back door. So we put the buckets back and we sort of walk quick. Like, we're just going to take a chance. We're going to, hopefully. And then we get to the back door. Oh, you! Where do you think you're going? Turn on, it's Fergie. Then we're like, what did we do? So we ran for it, out the door, ran for it. So I, I, no, I, was, I, had, a, I had to take two buses home. Scott had to take a bus and then a, big, a longer journey to Peterhead. And Robert had his dad's car. So we run in and we jump into Robert's car and we're all hiding like under the window. And then um, you see Fergie coming out and he's got this like, you know, all these German tracks. He's running, he runs to the number 11 bus stop and he's looking, he's looking. Buzz, buzz, buzz. So he goes back in and then we're going, oh, what have I got to do? So Robert drops us off in town, we get our buses home and there was no mobile phones. So uh, Robert, before he gets home, Fergie's called his mum. He had to go back in and wash your car at night. Yeah. Wow, what a man! Eh? <laughs> oh. <laughs> but see when he was, so see when he was flashing his lights here. Yeah. Did you go into his car and yeah, see when he asked you to sign for my night? Did you say yes? I said I'd definitely be interested, but I said to him, "But I've got this contract." And he says, oh, "Don't worry about the contract. I signed you on it, right. but it didn't quite work out." I go to places at night that flash your lights. I know, bet you do. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, going to Rangers. Yeah. Uh, when did you first hear their interest, and we we delighted straight away? Um, it was halfway through the season um, that I. There was an interest. Graham Souness was the manager then. And, uh, Big names, isn't it? Yeah. Fergie Souness. So, so Souness was the manager and 
I remember there was an interest my agent was talking to him and everything. So it was all um, looking good and everything. But there was a few other clubs sort of sniffing about as well. Um, but the Rangers were the real keen ones because of the foreigner. You know, like, I think it was two or three foreigners. I can't remember at that point. So um, I remember there was a game played St Johnston, Aberdeen, and we lost 5 nothing. I got sent off after about 10 minutes. And I'm thinking, I said my agent, oh, no, as soon as she's, and soon as said, no, no, it shows he's got a bit of devil in him. I thought that as soon as we loved that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So as time went on, I remember I'd, I'd almost agreed to go to Rangers. And it was, it was a year where the last game of the season was Rangers against Aberdeen in the, you know, the league decider. Mm. I was, that was the last game I ever played for Aberdeen. So it was about maybe five weeks before that. We're in the bus, get the bus from Petaudry to Seaton Park to train coming back. And then we're coming back and the bus, on the radio, breaking news, Graham Soonis has gone to, to Liverpool. And I'm going, oh, no. But all the Aberdeen players are going, yeah. And I'm sitting thinking, oh, no, I'm screwed here. Don't know what I'm going to do. Um, so then Walter Smith came in and I agreed to go there shortly before we played that league decider game. Um, and we met, I met him um, in a car park somewhere and just agreed to go to, to Rangers. Not the car park that I was talking about earlier. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but did so, Aberdeen fans find out that you were going to... No, they didn't know. In my last game, as, as, it was probably a week or so before that league decider. Right. Um, and then obviously I played, it was my last game for Aberdeen. Um, but to be fair, I gave everything I could for Aberdeen. But even then, you could just tell, at that point, Rangers had so many injuries. Like, I think Ian Durant played left back, John Brown played with a torn calf. Um, they just had so much desire, mm. you know. What was your first impression of Walter Smith? Um, well, you know, he was... He's just a jet. He's got a. He's a bit like Alec Ferguson. He's got a presence about him. You know, you like Soonis and these guys. You can when you see them, you're a bit in awe of them. Mm. Um, but I remember that he, he says to me once, probably the first time I spoke to him, he says, "You look after me, and I will look after you." And and in six years, he had a go at me once. In can't six years, than that, yeah. um, and he played me every time I was fit. He played me. Um, but I remember when I, I first got there, we used to do the the old forty minute runs at Bella Houston Park, and I can't do long distance stuff. I'm the worst ever. And I remember Archie and um, Walter are standing at Bella Houston Park. And after about 10 minutes, I head, somebody will say, oh, 10 minutes gone. You think, that's 30 minutes to go. And then my head starts going. And I end up back with the goalkeepers. And I'll forget, I'm, I'm running with Andy Gorham and who's Alan No Marshall. way you were as bad as Andy Gorham. <laughs> I was watching him. So I'm running. And I heard the two of them thinking, what the hell have we signed here? I couldn't run. I couldn't uh -huh. anything any long distance. I couldn't do it. And did they say, did they pull you for that? No, they didn't say anything. No. Eventually, what they did was um, one one day a week. Um, maybe we got a Wednesday off, or on a Tuesday or the, or the Thursday. I can't remember. One day before or after, they give you three five minute runs. But what they did was they just let me do sprints because right. they knew that they're just wasting their time. Long distance yeah, stuff. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Uh, see, when you first met them, was there a plan to dominate Scottish football for years to come? Did he tell you that? No, no. Um, to be honest, I don't know. I, don't, I, I, I think all the players in my time there, no one really thought we were going to dominate and, and do well. Well, we knew we were a good team. Um, but I just think there was, there was so much pressure to play for Rangers at, at that point because of the money they were spending that you have to win every single game. And it's just the pressure that gets you through. And I think the amount of big games that you play close together, you don't get time to think about anything. Um, but I don't think, I've said for years that I don't think the team that I played in the first two or three years, or, or for the majority of it, are as good as other Rangers teams, like player for player. Yeah. We just had that desire to win. How quick did you realise that pressure going for Aberdeen to Rangers? Um, it was the first game I played, played St Johnson at, um, 
Ibrox and, and I remember running out in the crowd, first game of the season, they'd unfurled the flag. First game of the season and they were just it was mobbed in the atmosphere and it's completely different to like Petaudry and you know, even if you're you know, some of the bigger games, the Europe European games at Aberdeen, that, it was just incredible and, and you just knew when you came out of the game afterwards, everybody's wanting your autograph and there's just a you know, an expectation. And and every time like we won leagues and stuff like that, the first one was brilliant. But after that was a relief. Because anything if you do it doesn't matter who you play against. we played Juventus in the Champions League, we lost and you're expected to beat them. Mm. How did you find like have you never had a good game and you say you got slaughtered to the fans or the papers? Yeah. Did, you, did you find that tough? In fact that never ever happened to me. Never at the Rangers that I got slaughtered or booed or anything no. uh, that I knew of. But when it leads, that's a different story. I got slaughtered uh, all the time. <laughs> uh, not just the expectations of the fans, but how is it the expectations of guys like you mentioned, John Brown, Ian Durant? Yeah. Were they on you straight away? Well, or? I think because they are real Rangers supporters and they've been growing up in it. Um, and But John Brown, you know, when you, when you think about John Brown, he just played with his heart. He wasn't the quickest, he wasn't the greatest player, but it was just that desire. And, and I think you had him... When, when you look at the team we had there, even even the goalie, you got Goff, you had um, John Brown, Ian Ferguson, Stuart McCall, Mark Hately, just guys that were non-stop physical, yeah. and, and and they just wanted to to win, and and like there was no option of, of not winning games, and they were just uh, and what I liked about it was there was no superstars, nobody. You look at the big names, guys, has loud ups and all these guys, but there was no superstars. Mm. Everybody was like equal level. Yeah. yeah. Did you need to do an initiation, son? Oh, I did. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, Mo Johnson's known as not being the, the smartest guy going about so within Italy my first time and every new player's got to sing a song so you train for a week you go on this bus you go to this go, I think last night you go for, go for a drink somewhere so then the bus and you go to the front of the bus with this microphone and I, and I was nervous and anything and Mo comes up to me he says what are you going to sing I goes oh, I don't know I can't sing I don't know any songs and he goes what about the Northern Lights of Aberdeen he says boy I love that I goes, no really? Way you went for it. Really? I did. I was, look at the northern lights. And it seemed, I, I don't even get the first first few words out. They'll grab me at the back of the bus and <laughs> beat <you>? me up. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, another guy that was there, uh, favourite on the show as well, Ali McCoy. Yeah. How was he in his prime as a player first? Ali was brilliant. Um, you know, I mean, you, the goals he scored is, is, is saying to none. You know, he, but some of the goals he scored, some of the sensational goals, but some off his backside, his head, just. Just a natural finisher. And what about his partner? Did he said? He was good. He was good. Uh, I remember, but he, you know, he, he never shuts up non-stop. He's, he's talking, 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 talking. But there was one time I, I saw him dead quiet. So it's, it's a bit of a long story. So I was playing at Aberdeen. plenty of time, man. You go. You're playing, not, Friday you're going out. Ah, <laughs> right, next Friday. <laughs> um, so we're, I was playing at Aberdeen and it was the, the year that Rangers won the league at Petaudry and they broke the crossbar and took it away. So the game started. Next thing I knew, I'm lying in a hospital bed, Line, a full Aberdeen kit on. To that side, there's a range of support with jeans on, his top on, pouring the blood. To this side, there's a range of support again, and I just turned around and he, he threw up. What's happened here? They've still got my kit, my shin guards, my boots, everything on here. An Aberdeen player in between two range of supporters. So um, eventually, I go into a ward. My dad comes up, and they, they, they all have this uh, newspaper, the Green Final. So it's like a, a Saturday paper that tells you the results, and I'm reading it. And it said that I got booped for hitting Ali McCoy. I can't even remember. So what had happened was, um, 20 minutes in the first half, at the half line, Ali McCoy just done me. Could right? you be quite done it? Yeah. Done. Out. And I, I think I was unconscious for about two hours. Right? But, well, not unconscious, but I, I played for 20 minutes. 
You can't remember. I must have been like a headless chicken, and, and I must have been doing everything I could to do him, because I, I must have got him. I've got a yellow card, I can't remember anything. So, about when I signed for Rangers, um, what the thing was, after a game, we, we had all the, all the new players are staying in the hotel with the wives and stuff like that. So, after the games, cheap football players go back to the players' hotel and have a few drinks. And Ali's sitting there, then. my missus goes up to me, says, Ali, I've got a word to I've got a word with you, Ali. He goes, oh, what is it? You did this to my husband, and nah, 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 nah. And Ali's like that. Speeches. <laughs> then later on, he says, you know, it's the first time I've ever been stuck for words. <laughs> <laughs> Love that for your missus. Uh, Ian Ferguson, you sat next to him in the changing yeah, room. Yeah, actually, was he? he's, he was, um, Fergie's brilliant. Um, I think he's a very underrated player. Was he a good player? Yeah, he's good. I don't think he got the credit he deserved. Um, he was another one, like we're talking about, John Brown and Stuart McCall, and he's just Rangers guys. Um, but he, um, I actually stayed beside him in Erskine. And um, I don't know why I ended up staying in Erskine, but Fergie persuaded me, of all people who persuaded me was Fergie. And it turns out that I bought this house, and because I bought this new house, he got his, his driveway redone and remonoblocked and everything. So he got someone out of it. <laughs> Um, but he's got this superstition. So I, I was like number six, and Goffey was five, Fergie was seven. And every morning, we used to wear collar and tie, every morning. That I, used to do your nothing a bit now. Yeah. That uh, used to do your nothing. Particularly in the summertime, when it's hot and, uh, and you're sweating afterwards, it was, it was a nightmare. Um, but it's all this tradition. I think they've done away with it now. So anyway, Fergie sitting next to me, and he's got this habit of putting his socks and shoes on first after he shower. So what, bollock naked uh, socks and socks shoes? Socks and shoes. And I says, Fergie, what are you doing? And he goes, if there's a fire, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was his theory. And he was superstitious. Like sometimes we go in the car together in, in the training, and we just obviously we're neighbours. And he's got this thing with the magpies, one for sorry, two for joy. And he'd just be driving along, and he'd go, bastard! He sees a magpie. And he just keeps driving and driving and driving until he finds another one, then we'll go to training. Oh, so you wouldn't have got to training until, Not until he finds a second one, yeah. Oh, that must have done your head, Good it? lad, good guy. Well, who was the hardest in that Rangers team? Because you like to tackle. Yeah. Who, who would you say was the hardest? I think Alan McLaren was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Is it he, he was at Hearts, yeah. He did yeah. A, a tough injuries and stuff. But he just, he's the best thing. He did it to Decanio, I don't know how many times. He had this thing where he could do a touch tackle. So he'd actually make it look as if he's had a, and it's not a big game, make it look as if he had a bad tackle and <laughs> On just the second, just got a brilliant knack, and he was just so hard. Derek Ferguson and the injury said Sunesh used to do that as well. Yeah, deliberate take a bad touch. Yeah, I remember I came on as a sub for Aberdeen against um, Rangers at Ibrox, and Sunesh was still playing. And I'm thinking, God, so I came in from the side, and he saw me. I don't know how he saw me. He just stamped on me. And I just came on as a sub, and I think oh, I can't go back off. <laughs> <laughs> see on uh, see with the Celtic Rangers game. Yeah. Who was it that you would always try and smash early them? I was up there, um, well, Joe Miller. Um, I got sent off playing against him after six minutes. Um, six, Scottish Cup final, Scottish Cup semi final. So before the game, Archie Archie used to wind me up because we Joe, we were roommates at Aberdeen, you know, with sort of S forms and you know playing the first team together with and everything. So obviously it's your mate you're playing against. You, you want to make sure that he doesn't get the better of you. Archie would wind me up and he goes, David, make sure you sort him out in the first few minutes, first five minutes. He said. So Pat Bonner throws the ball out. And it's like coming, he knocks the ball past me, and I just smash him. And that's it. State of the card, six minutes. Wow. Um, um, so I'd always sort of have him. Um, and Decanio, Decanio was the best ever to play against because you could just wind him up. And he would take it. Yeah, he was just, 
you just nip away at him, do little things to him, and eventually he just lose his head mm-hmm. and either get either put him off his game or get sent off. Uh, just before we move on to Champions League, uh, you said that Walter Smith went mad at you once. Yeah. What What was it for? It was we lost to uh, Hibs in the semi final, my first season semi final. Uh, Keith Wright, uh, Keith Wright or Mickey Weir scored, puts out. It was a big, big shock. Um, and after the game, he slaughtered me. He says, "You, can, we, we are Rangers. We can't afford of any player hide." You know, maybe I was. I'm having a bad game here. And he said, I don't care if you, every time you get the ball, you kick the ball in the stand, I don't care. You keep taking the call, the ball, you keep showing for it. And he slaughtered me. And after that, never. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What about the other people? What's the worst you've ever seen him? Um, he wasn't, he wasn't that bad, actually. Was he not? No, he wasn't that bad. I mean, there was one time when, I think it was, uh, Goffey and, we lost 4 nothing or something, Dungeon United at Ibrox and, Goffey and Big McPherson both came off after 20 minutes. And I don't know if, if he subbed them off or injured or whatever, and I remember he had a go at them. Yeah, but there was times in the dressing where players would have a wee go at each other, and he would just let it, let it sort itself out. Suppose he was successful, so he didn't really. Yeah, it. a lot of people have said that. I just think he was amazing because what he could do was, as I said, a lot of superstars, and a lot of them weren't playing, but everybody was happy. Kept them happy. Yeah. Uh, right, ninety-two, ninety-three season. So the club coming up against Leeds in yeah. the Champions League. That was atmosphere in that first leg. Yeah. Um, no, it was. Obviously, there was no Leeds United fans allowed in at that point because yeah. the Scotland England thing. Um, but do you know? You know that I remember when McAllister scored at the edge of the box after about a minute. Um, and for some reason, every club I've been at—I'm not the biggest guy in the world. I don't know. I don't know why, but they tell me I had to pick up Lee Chapman, giant. And then when I played for Aberdeen, I think I had to pick up Terry Butcher. I don't know what the logic was, but anyway, I think Strachan plays a, or Gary Speed plays a, a ball in, and I outjump. Chapman, great header, out to edge of the box. And McCaster catching the volley roof in it. <laughs> and then we thought, oh, we're, we're done here. But to be fair, we, the supporters got really behind us. We got back 2-1. And even after that game, um, the media in England, these guys have got no chance. You know, you know. Did Walter use that? No, I was up notice boards and what have you. And I think Fergie actually came in before the, the game down at Elland Road and says, come on, get into these guys and everything. We see the Man United manager. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, see that Ibrox atmosphere could you see like experienced players like Gary Speed and Stan, could you see them kind of get a wee bit um, within themselves because of the atmosphere I, I noticed there was a period it was just after they scored that they kept giving the ball away and I, and I don't know if we were pressing or doing whatever but they just kept giving the ball away but they did look a little bit I mean Strachan was I was up against Gordon Strachan uh, how was he? he was, he was coming to end his career and he, never, he never went past me but he's just good vision he's through balls and can't make good runs was he that. giving you a bit verbally? nah nah, nah, yeah, he, I don't, nah he's not like that no. nah. Nah. Uh, second leg after you beat them yeah. did you say that Rangers were the best team in Britain at that point? Um, I think so but having said that I think Leeds were on a downward spiral you know, we're all getting a bit older yeah I think a few players left as well Right. Um, but they had, they had Cantona playing and McAllister played um, but the back lot you know wasn't a great, great but would you have fancied that Rangers team against anyone? I think at that, that point yeah yeah. but I think we were Leeds played I think it was Stuttgart and Stuttgart won but then had to be replayed for some reason and I think that if we played against Stuttgart we might have struggled against the German team but because right. it was a British team it suited our style and we were you know, physically tougher than they were uh, now you're in Manchester heard yeah. a few stories what do you remember it? Um, well I had to be pretty quiet because Peter Houster was my roommate and he was the foreign player that got left out so right. we all went out in the night out and he went straight to his bed obviously not, not the happiest guy or disappointed I remember coming in I tried to be as quiet as I can to come in my room and I go in and it's full of Rangers supporters on the floor. 
No hotel. In, in my hotel room. <laughs> you couldn't you just sort of step over and go to your bed. How did they get in there? No idea. But it's the same. Every player's room is the same. And then I remember when I, I got back and um, back home, and you got your bag, you would put the stuff in the washing there. Half my gear's missing. The jersey I played on that night, I swapped it. Missing. Somebody took it. Brilliant. Is it still looking back in that campaign, uh, nearly qualifying, particularly yeah. with the massive um, match fixing? Yeah. Um, I think it was disappointing, but you know what? It was just such a great run that we had. Um, you know, the amount of games, like you talk about that Leeds United game, in the space of two weeks, we played League Cup final against Aberdeen, beat them. Leeds away, a home beat them. Celtic away, beat them, and um, Leeds away, beat them. You know, in the space of two weeks, massive games. And we just had that desire to, you know, just go and play and, and win. And, and we're all dead. Everybody's carrying injuries. You know, I think that season I played 54 games. Wow. Um, Would was, you get nervous before big games? No. Nah. Like finals, no? Nah. Why nah. not? Just... I, I, the, the only time I got nervous was the first time I ever played for Aberdeen, when I came on as a sub. Nah, against yeah. Hamilton, that was it. And, you don't get, you just, it's more of an excitement that you're going to play. I had this thing about me that, um, it was almost like a hobby and it's an honour to play. And I'm thinking, I'm not good enough to play here. Did you just think that at Rangers, yeah, I'm not good yeah, enough to play yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, I did. I had that thing about me that, um, you know, even people ask autographs, why are you asking me an autograph? I'm, I'm not famous, I'm not that great. I'm a left back. And I just felt that every game that I played was going to be my last game. And it was just an excitement to go and play. Wow. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, you talked about Manchester during that nine in a row era. Who was the best for social occasions? Um, there's quite a few. Um, Were you a big drinker? I was every when I was there. I was quite young. I was only 21, 22 in that time. Um, but they used to organise day, days out. Um, so it was one day. I think we'd won a Scottish Cup semi final on the Saturday, and Walter often would say, "Right, okay, we're going to this Italian place after training. So get at twelve o'clock. You start drinking." And um, I end up in Stuart Street Station police cell. <laughs> um, I was meant to have vandalised cars or something like that. Um, and I, obviously I was blind to that. I've got no idea if I did or didn't. Um, so I remember the next day, I go into Ibrox with a day off. And uh, this is Watersmith's man management for you. And I just thought, well, I'm just a guy. You know what I mean? I didn't think I was famous or anything. So I go in, drive a car in, go and see Alistair Hood, the security guy. And he goes... I think you better go and see the manager. I goes, okay. Uh, boss, you know, he says, I know. Held up the newspaper. It's in the front pages. Yes. So I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to get I'm going to get in it here. You know what he says to me? He says, get yourself home. Don't go outside. Um, and then come to training Friday. This is Wednesday morning. Come to training Friday. Don't come to the hotel, team hotel, and play on Saturday. And then when I went home, um, I got in the house and then all these photographers were hanging about the house, knocking on the door and all sorts. And he just, he protected me from it. Where there's other guys who says, that's you, you're finished or, or whatever. You no, know? So, you know, he's been there, well, you've got Gascoigne in your team, you know how to deal with people. Well, like this, this was before Gascoigne, but I must admit, I was, I was terrified. But See, he, the big players, could they, could they drink and then play the next yeah. day? Fine, huh? Yeah, they, they, they didn't drink the next day. I mean, there was one, one time um, I'd been injured. Right, and this is you know people talk about sports science and how important it is and, and what have you. So I, I sort of defied all that kind of stuff. We played, um, I think we played a, a game against Hibs on the Saturday, and I pulled my hamstring. And we played Bruges, I think it was Bruges on the Wednesday when Scott and When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. But scored that, that crazy goal. So I couldn't play in that game. So I was getting treatment all week. Friday night, after training, the players go to the hotel, playing Celtic on Saturday at Parkhead. And um, so obviously I'm, I'm not fit, my hamstring's gone, whatever. So me and my wife had a few friends over, and a few drinks, and about, what, four o'clock in the morning, just drunk, go to my bed. Up at nine o'clock in the morning, go to training, and I had this fucking horrendous, sponsored by High Tech, I had this horrendous High Tech shell suit on, <laughs> going to training, and I had the dog in the back of the car. So I'm driving in, and I get there, and I see the fridge, he gives me some treatment. He says, I'll go for a wee jog. So I'm in Ibrox and a little jog. And he goes, uh, can you step up a little bit? So he goes, half pace, three-quarter pace. Can you sprint? Okay. So I never thought anything of it. He says, okay, that's you, go and get changed. So I'm going to have a shower. Archie comes in. Bill, Bill says you're fit. I goes, what? I'm fucking stinking a drink. I'm still half drunk. And he goes, What? And he goes, uh, Bill says you're fit. I goes, oh, well, and I didn't like to say no. He says, right, get changed and go and see the gaffer. So I go upstairs. Um, actually says you're fit. I goes, can you play? I goes, uh, well, I've got a bit of a problem. I goes, what's the problem? I don't have my club suit. I've got the dog in the car. <laughs> so somebody gave the dog a lift home. I went into Parkhead with this, you know, dodgy high-tech tracksuit and Played the game. Never felt no, my hamstring. No, never felt my hamstring. And you done fine? Yeah. yeah. You played well? Yeah, played well, yeah. Never felt a hamstring, nothing. And did you tell him you'd been down the night before? No, 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 no you no, tell him no. You'll know now, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, see, on just like last time, Walter Smith, like, could you make you feel like the best player in the world? Or was, was, were you, did he never praise you? Was it always just go and do your job and that's yeah, it? Yeah, no, done? he praised you. He says, well done. And it, was, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't a lot of words. Um, but I think... When you played each week, he knew that you knew that he rated you and whatever. Right. Um, and as I say, he was just a guy that you'd, you'd run through a brick wall for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to ask you, you probably asked the time, Gaz as a teammate. How was um, he? No, he was good. You know, I, I feel sorry for him. Obviously, people do. Um, he, even then, he seemed to be like a, a lonely kind of soul. You know, he, he wanted to be make everybody laugh and be funny. He was very generous. He'd, Petrol stations beside Ibrox, he'd leave money behind the counter for kids for sweets and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, he used to give in the players' lounge afterwards. The players, you know, kids, you give them here's ten quid, ten quid. Um, just, just a, a great guy. What about yeah. on the pitch? Brilliant. Oh, he was, you know, he, Did I you mean, say he never passed you the ball? Yeah. Oh, he, <laughs> no, he's, he was. You know what? He was. He was fantastic. You know, a star, great player. He won us many games. But for me, he was. He had this habit of always going to the right hand side. And then um, what he would do is now and again he'd sort of make he'd come to the left and I make a run and then you go to the right hand side again. And I'm at, he, I think he passed me about twice in about six years. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, who was the best player you played at Rangers? Uh, Loudrop. 
By he thought he was hopeless at first, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, <laughs> I remember we, we played Clyde in a pre-season game and uh, all this hype about him coming. So we put half time, I'm walking and I'm thinking, who's this guy? He must have another brother, right? <laughs> and um, after the game, I'm thinking, I was puzzled. And it wasn't until about two or three weeks I realised it was me, it was hopeless. <laughs> he was he was like streets ahead of us. I guess, oh, that's where I'm meant to be. <laughs> yeah. Was he a good guy? Loved him. Ah, good guy, yeah. Quiet guy, just got on with it and um, family man. Just, you know, just, but just that, again, he was a, a superstar. See, in training with Walter, or, or would he encourage you, like, going hard on these sort of players or did you need to? No, that, nobody, nobody really, we didn't really do that. But there's times where that, you know, a few punches were thrown down again. Was there? Is that what made that team so good? Yeah. I mean, but it was then after the, after the punch, it be okay. Who'd usually be involved? Fergus? Yeah, uh, Haley was involved a few times, yeah. yeah. Was he? Huh? Yeah, he's massively. He's here. But I don't know why people, you know, I think he had, he had a go with Stephen Presley once. Yeah. Right. Or Stephen Presley had a go with him, and I'm thinking, I don't know why you're, you're having a go at Big Haley. Probably. Yeah. Uh, how, proud, how proud are you, sorry, uh, the you played in nine in a row? Um, it was good. I think, I think the statistics are maybe about the third or fourth most appearances. Wow. It? So it's good. Um, and I think to be part of such a special era, um, pleasing for me was that I, got, I know I got there because of the two foreign, the rule, the, the foreign rule for Europe and stuff. And, and I, so I knew that, but as time went on, that rule didn't exist anymore. And it's just, and they could have bought anybody they wanted, but the fact that Walter Smith kept me, you know, all that time, and every time I was fit, I played. I think, you know, I was, I think I was a sub once in six years, and the only times I didn't play was suspended or, or injured. You seem to me like you play yourself, didn't we, but as a player? Yeah, but always I've, like always, that, I've always been like that. Why do you think that is? Um, if, I, if I'd had your career, I'd be telling them that was brilliant. Yeah, no, I, it's just the way I've always been like that. And I don't know if it's my upbringing, a humble upbringing. And, um, <clears throat> you know, like when I first started, you see Willie Miller. You're know, in awe of Willie Miller. And then the first day at Ibrox, you go in the dressing room and Mark Walters is there. Um, you know, Haitley, Mo Johnson. Um, and you think, look at these guys. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm not in the same classes. It's just something. Maybe it's the, the Aberdonian thing, I don't know. Yeah. Do, you ever, do you ever speak to any of the, the boys you played on? Just um, now and again any? with, um, what do you call it, um, you know, reunions and stuff like that. I thought I, you were going to say I, Tinder I, now. Yeah? I thought you were going to say with Tinder. Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I just think, you know, everybody moves on, but every time you see somebody, it just you just carry on. I saw Archie a few weeks ago at Ibrox and um, was doing a half-time draw. Um, I saw Alan McLaren was there, Neil Murray. Um, See, when you were playing, who were you closest with, sorry? Um, Peter Houstra. I was roommates with him right, for okay. about four years. Good player? Yeah, good, oh, good player, yeah. He was, I played in front of him, he was good. So I was lucky, I had him, Mikhailachenko, um, Loudrup up in front of me in six wow. years, so pretty special. Uh, last one on the Rangers, uh, favourite memory? Um, I think for me being a, um Aberdeen, ex-Aberdeen player, um, the year we won the treble, we... Um, Aberdeen, Aberdeen were the manager of Willie Miller. He was the manager then, and um, they were. We beat them in the league cup. We beat them in the league, and I think they had enough points to be close to winning the league. They had a great season, and then we played the last game to win the treble at Parkhead within the home dressing room, and it was against Aberdeen, and um, we managed to win it. It was a real typical Rangers game. You go up two nothing, then you hang on for grim death. Lee Richardson scores just at the end, and we hang on the leaf at the end, and then obviously just seeing like you know Willie Miller's obviously devastated that he's had such a great season, and I just think back to the amount of times you shouted at me, mm -hmm. and I think oh this is great. So just that that day in particular because it's you know 
Rangers, you're in the, the home dressing at Parkhead, you've won the treble against your old team. Just a ah. fantastic. Did you used to get a bit for Aberdeen fans? Oh, yeah, when you I was, yeah, I was. Yeah, horrendous, yeah, yeah. Um, I used to, I got death threats through the mail. I used to get mail, I used to get death threats. Nigel, again, um, because I don't think I'm anybody. What's this? Really? Yeah, yeah. I just didn't even, didn't even care. You know, did people I, at the club see that? Yeah, no, I, I just, I didn't even show them, they just put in the bin. When you think back now, that's shocking, eh? Oh, it is. Yeah, but, but I think you can, supporters are passionate about their clubs. And, and I think, um, Aberdeen so more, you know, when you think about Aberdeen, how successful they've been, and then obviously the Rangers domination and obviously the Celtic now, um, because Aberdeen are, you know, used to success. Do you um, still get it now for Aberdeen? No, 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 no. Forgotten about it. I've got less hair and I'm fatter, so they don't recognise me anymore. Bloody gorgeous. Right, <laughs> why did you leave Rangers then? Um, six great years. Yeah, six great years, but I, I felt, I had a feeling at some point Walter Smith would move on, and I didn't want to stay with Rangers to be a reserve team player and just fizzle out. Um, plus, you know, that was, what, 10, 11, 11 years playing the Premier League. And there's only so many times you can play against, you know, Jim McAnally, um, Evo Dan Beam and all these guys. And, and I just felt I was 27, 28. I just needed to have a wee change and um, I ended up going to Leeds. So was it you that wanted to leave Rangers in? Was it you that told them I want to go? Um, no, it was just my contract was up and they tight offered me money. Um, obviously to try and get me to stay I, I wanted a longer contract I didn't get the, the contract I wanted um, but deep down I wanted to, to try something else at that point um, I, during that season my last season I almost went to Inter Milan no way um, but Roy Hodgson got sacked it was almost virtually done and then Roy Hodgson got sacked um, in fact no Roy Hodgson me Roy ruins was, everything yeah me Roy ruins everything oh, I know. Um, but he was um, they the lost a game Inter weren't doing that well at the time they lost a game and I was going to be signing and um, he got told no more signings until after the next game and then the Drua lost the next game and that was it. And does then that, does that kill, Did that kill you when you heard that you'd been sacked? Yeah, it? yeah. But it was, it was weird because I was still at Rangers at the time. It, it was, it had been hard. You know, it's a difficult one. Um, and then there was a few other clubs came in. Valencia, Atletico, Madrid at the end of the season came in and Torino. Um, and then George Graham just, you know, was so persistent with my agent um, that I ended up going to Leeds. Leeds massive club. Was that a sad day leaving or just a... Huh? Um, it, it was sad in the way that I left because we just won nine in a row. That was the last game. Um, and then they were going to be playing against Hearts the following week. Um, I think we're going to get... I don't, something was going to happen. I think it were the helicopters to Tynecastle or something like that. But I was in Leeds at that point because um, my contact was just about to expire. And so I went there to do the medicals and all that stuff. But was there no wee urging you to go, and go for 10 in a row now? That no bother um, No, I, did, I, I just felt the time was right. Right. Um, but after about six weeks, I thought, what am I doing here? <laughs> and the money Leeds would have been offering would have been bad. Yeah, money, money was okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. what appealed to you about Leeds? Obviously another massive club behind well, George but, Graham, as you said. Yeah, George Graham, um, he sold, uh, he's, a, he's a great salesman. Um, We'd been down to Leeds before. He sold me this shirt. Eh? He sold me this shirt. He used to wear it. I, 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 I think he wore that, did he? <laughs> <laughs> no, gorgeous George, used to call him. Um, no, he, he sold me in the club. Um, to be fair, they looked after me, you know, financially, everything was good. Um, but I just felt, for some reason, I just felt the time was right. And obviously, we'd played two games against Leeds as well. Um, and the way, when we actually came off the pitch that night, when we put them out of Europe, we actually got cheered off. And it's probably, fans, did yeah, you, it's probably the only time I got cheered from a, a Leeds fan anyway. <laughs> um, but it was just, 
you know, it was exciting at the time, yeah. you know, but it turned out pretty sour. Was Leeds' intention at that time to win the league? Um, well, they just avoided relegation before, um, and I think we finished the first season sixth in the league. Um, but George's game was fantastic. Everything was defend, 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 and were very difficult to beat. I mean, that season, we beat, we beat Manchester United at Elland Road. We beat Newcastle 4-1. Um, I think we beat Arsenal. Um, I think we do with Liverpool. So a, a pretty good season. I've played at Elland Road. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, it was Great good. atmosphere, eh? Yeah. Well, when we played uh, Man United, I remember the passion. You talk about passion with supporters. I was parked a car and I'm just going in to play the game. And... Um, Leeds United supporters says, I don't care if we lose every game this season as long as we win this one. <laughs> That's a big level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, just on George Graham, yeah. um, as you said, defensive manager, yeah. did, that, did that maybe hinder you? Because you liked to get forward, didn't you? Well, he did at the start, pre-season, and the first game against Arsenal did really well. He was getting forward and, you know, played really well. And then he sort of restricted what I did. You know, I wasn't really allowed to go forward. but to, he, he tried to change a lot in the game, which, you know, um, I remember Gary Kelly... He was another right side. Back, yeah, yeah, he was the same. And, and he used to tell Gary the same thing, but Gary did his own thing. But I tried to change to George Graham and, and I failed miserably by trying to do that. I should yeah. just have played the way I could play. And also injury problems pretty much killed you as well. Yeah, well, you know, I had a, an injury problem. It got picked up in a, in a scan, an MRI scan, um, when I went to Leeds. And basically it showed up that I'd, no, I'd been playing with no ACL for five years. Wow. Um, and I, I had no idea. Um, so somehow it... It happened at Rangers and I never knew about it. Um, and then I played. And it's funny because as soon as I got told that, I start, I got out of the MRI unit and I started to limp. Really? Yeah, because yeah. it was in my head. And then I think I played about the first 30 games. And I remember I bought for a header against uh, Leicester at Filbert Street. And I came down and my knee just... Gone. Gone, yeah. And it was just like a balloon. How hard is it going for being so successful for, as you say, six yeah. years and then going to Leeds <clears> and not playing... Could you get really low? Yeah, you know, uh, home as well. Well, it's it's not even so much they're not playing. When I when I was playing, <clears throat> I started off pretty well, and you know I think Leeds United supporters knew how I could play, but I didn't play that way. Um, and eventually, as time went on, I would get booed. You know, the home supporters have a go at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then they used to do the the evening paper. They used to have the marks out of ten, uh -huh. ten, and no matter how good or bad I played, it was like Nigel Martin eight, Gary Kelly. Um, nine, Robertson, five, and that was it. Five, that was about the highest I got. But you just had that in for you? Yeah, uh, but to be fair, I, I wasn't the player I was. And with George Graham, would he pull you and say, I need more for you, or was it? No, I was one time, he gave me this uh, magical motivational speech. So, <laughs> we're playing West Ham on a Monday night in Sky, and um, at Elland Road. He pulls me in the morning of the game, and he says, Davey, I was going to drop you tonight because you've been struggling he says but I'm going to have to play you because Gunnar Haller's injured I'm thinking oh great <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we go to the hotel and after and I'm thinking oh, I don't even want to play here tonight because uh, the it? manager doesn't want me to play and did you have a nightmare? no I said did well yeah did? I did yeah so I flipped a ball in Hasselbank scored but... so were you quite happy no happy but when George Graham left were you thinking maybe um, fresh start new manager coming in? well I was, I was still struggling with injuries anyway right um, you know George left obviously wanted to be in London and went to Tottenham um, and then O'Leary took over. Um, but it's funny because O'Leary was George's assistant. And I got on really well with David O'Leary when he was the assistant. Right. Um, but he, um, obviously, he had Eddie Gray with him. Eddie Gray was a, a big uh, part yeah. of it. He, he was probably one of the best coaches I've ever been with. On the training ground? Yeah, he was brilliant, yeah. Was he, right? he was just, his training was so sharp. And you know, I, I didn't realise, I don't think he's done any coaching qualifications. No. Just shows you. Yeah, but he's been like, 
caretaker manager a number of times at Leeds. Just a, a good, a great guy. So when O'Leary took over, did he say to you, like, I like you, you're a player? No, no, as I said, I was injured. Um, and then I began to get myself fit. And I knew that I was never going to be as fit as I was. And I remember, it was Roy Aitken. Roy Aitken was the, his assistant then. And he says to me, he says, eh, Gaffer wants to see you. So I go in and see him. And he says, we need you off the wage bill. And he goes, you know, you, you need to get a club. I said, how can I get a club? I haven't played for 18 months. You won't even, because at that point, you wouldn't even play in the reserves. And I says, how am I going to get a club? And he goes, I don't know, find one. I goes, but how can I? No one's got to sign me. I haven't played for 18 months or a year or whatever it was. So he started to play him in the reserve games. Um, and then um, we, um, you know, I, I did okay in the reserves, but my knee was always up. I couldn't train as much as I wanted to. My knee kept swelling up. And then, um, I get this thing, uh, you're, going, you're going to Barnsley. I guess, well, uh, they, want, they want you going loan. I guess, I, I don't want to go on loan. Nah. They're in the, the championship then. So uh, he says, well, just go and train, see what you think about it. So I go there and train. And um, train, and then the next day we'll, we'll play a game, like a friendly game, uh, up, up against Sunderland. And I was up against Kevin Coban. Is that a thing Coban, is that like the call? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, so I, I remember before the game, I said to the, the coach, I says, what about corner kicks? He says, do you want to pick up? He says, I don't worry about that stuff. Anyway, I lost three nothing, three corner kicks, right? <laughs> it, was, it was just a reserve game, right? Enough. <laughs> so then I remember I was sitting in the bath the next day at home and my knee was massive, right? And I'm going, oh my God. The agent calls me and he says, eh, right, they want you to take you on a loan. They've agreed it with Leeds United. And I goes, right, okay. And I looked down and this was, this was like, my game, the friendly game was on a Monday and it was Tuesday. And, and I says, eh, when's the next game? It goes, Thursday. I goes, right, when's the next one after that? Sunday. Because the championship, you play millions oh, yeah, of games. And then Wednesday, I'm thinking, look at my knee. I think, there's no way I can do this. So I said, no, 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 just tell them it's not for me. So I remember walking into Thorpe Park's retaining ground and Eddie Gray goes, what are you doing here? So, and uh, you go into the dressing room and all the boys go, hey! Because <laughs> they all thought I'd gone and um, a lady says, he had a go at me. He says, do you, what's this? It's, it's not for me. You know, I'll just wait my time. But it was because I had to protect my knee because yeah, yeah, it was yeah. gone, it was gone. So see, that, did you end up in the bomb squad? Where is your knife training in the first Ah, game? the bomb squad, yeah. You, I was, that's the worst ever. Um, so you're there and, and they try every trick they can to, you know, get you not to, basically to give up and leave. Yeah. And I remember at the start, um, there was guys like, it's when I first came to the club. I wasn't in the bomb squad at that point, but there was, there was Thomas Brolin, there was uh, Ian wow. Rush, Carlton Palmer, in the bomb squad, and they would try everything. They'd try and get them coming at five o'clock in the morning. Did they? Uh, and guys like Ian Rush would be... Imagine doing that to Ian Rush. Oh, the thing is, he just did it. No he, he, but he would get in there at half past four. <laughs> just and say, it was where are you then? Uh-huh. But they, they just try everything they can. And these guys, but they've done a lot of money, but they just, they're just so strong. And you could just tell George Graham was getting frustrated and frustrated. And I knew that O'Leary was, you know, he's getting frustrated with me. I ended up training basically one-on-one with... Because you wouldn't even let me train my reserves or anything. I was training um, on my own. With the physio or something? Yeah, Eddie Gray would take me out and do stuff. It was me, I think Lee Sharp was in the same boat. Is that the dark the side of it where people didn't say? Yeah, well, it's it's a, to be fair, it's the first time. That's, me, had... every, that's me every club I go to by you. Is it? <laughs> Start off well and fade away. <laughs> no, it, it, I think it's part, but I was fortunate that it only happened to me once. Yeah. But for my knee, I knew that it was coming to the end. Because mm. um, I think it was about 18 months in my contract and... We came to some agreement, and because eventually, I, I remember I played one more game in Aberdeen, and Dun, Dundee both jockey was manager Dundee, and Scovedale was manager Aberdeen. They both came to watch a reserve game, and they were both keen to take me. 
And after the game, my knee was like, just, it was gone. And then I just says, I, I, can't, I can't do it. And then I went to the surgeon and he says, you know, that's it, done. It's mad how injuries can... Yeah, but I was, I was glad though because I had about two years of time to get fit. Like, my knee, would, knee was gone anyway. And then my doctors would go and then my hamstrings would go. My back, someone else, someone would keep going. Nightmare. Uh, just on that Leeds squad because they ended up getting to the semi-final yeah. Champions League. Who, who impressed you <coughs> in that Leeds team? Um, Harry Kuehl was good. Was he good he, at um, he, he just broke in the team when I was there. Him, Lee Boyer. Um, Lee Boyer's a, an amazing character because when they did that run in the Champions League, he was going through that court case. Yeah. So he's, he was in, in the dock in Hull during the day and then playing against Real Madrid at night. And, and he was brilliant. He was box to box, yeah. Lee Boyer, physical. But, but I, think the best, I think the best player that leads at that point was Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. He's just... Uh, he can kick the ball so hard, can't he? Side foot. Side foot. But he's just... He's a guy that can go ten games out scoring a goal and he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> he's just so so not he's not full of himself. He just confident. has so much confidence. Uh, they're the top players, aren't they? Yeah, oh yeah, but he's but he he left Leeds. I I still reckon that Leeds wouldn't have had the problems if they'd kept Hasselbank. Why was he? Could they know young boys not really Well, they didn't have, when he left. There was no real goal scorer. Right. They had like Alan Smith. He could score goals and Viduka and that, but not like Hasselbank <laughs> goal goal. Were you there yeah. by Ferdinand? Three or Ferdinand? Um, he, I was injured, but he was there at the time. Yeah. How was he? Yeah, he's, he's good, yeah, yeah. But he's, you know, it's that was a sign of, of Leeds United at that point. You had the two goalkeepers, Paul Robinson, Nigel Martin, obviously Ferdinand, David Batty came back, and with Danny Mills, and Viduka came. Wow. Incredible squad. And then the young players, you know, your, your good gates. James um, Milner and guys like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah he's still playing. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, was it a sad day to hang the boots up? It was a, a relief. Um, it was almost, it was almost like a horse just waiting to get shot. And uh, for two years, I'm, 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 I was actually when he, when the, the surgeon, I remember I was in Bradford, and the surgeon says, he says, look, I think that's it. You can't play that level again. It was almost like, uh, thank God for that. And was it always coaching that you want to get in it? No, I was no intention of doing coaching. Um, and what made you then? Um, I started doing a little bit of Leeds United, um, a little bit of coaching there, um, just with kids and stuff like that, and then. I went to went to Thailand and Vietnam with, with Leeds United coaching um, with some like community stuff. So I did a bit of that, and I started to play games like like all all the coaches would end up playing a game, and we play against other teams. And I thought I could make a comeback here. So then um, one of my mates knows John Sharon. He was at Montrose at the time, and John calls me and he says, eh, "You fancy? I heard you're playing again. You want to come back as a like a player coach?" Montrose, and I said, oh, okay. So I was commuting from Leeds to Montrose twice a week. What are you? Yeah, to, to play. And then I played nine games, and I played against Morton, and I snapped my Achilles tendon. No, that was it. That was enough. it, gone after that. And then <clears throat> after that, you know... I how, see, sorry, see somebody <coughs> that's played at the standard you had, how did you find that going playing from Montrose? I found it really hard. You know, one of the funniest things was with at Lynx Park, you've been at Lynx Park, mm-hmm. and um, I remember playing against Queen's Park, and... I was at the side, at the opposite of the main stand, and all these Queen's Park supporters, there wasn't many there, there, and they slaughtered me the whole game. And I'm thinking, oh, at least I won't have in the second half, but they moved around to this. Slaughtered me. That's how the wall, you can get every shout, can't you? But then you realise how lucky you were playing with the players you played. Yeah. Because you know, it, it makes it so much easier. Alright, we're shit, we get it. Nah. Um, why do you think managing in Scotland never worked out for you? Elgin and Montrose, as you um, said. I think, I, think I, I think I took uh, the wrong jobs. Yeah. When I took them into, um, Elgin, they um, they were either bottom or second bottom. So my first season, they were bottom. Then I took them to 
fifth, I think it was, it was the highest ever finish. Yeah. And then I left shortly after, with that's in the playoffs when I left, and it was just there was going to be a takeover. Um, somebody I knew was going to be a takeover, and it all just, you know, the usual stuff. You know, the, the local locals didn't want this guy in, and it just, it just sort of fell apart. And after that, I just says, oh, I can't. Be a bit scared of it. Yeah, and and you know, then I just, I don't know what it was because I, I just felt the team was going well. Um, we were getting there, but I, I think some of those clubs, and, and rightly so, you know. You can go and look at you look what happened to Gretna. It could, that could have been another Gretna. Mm. You know, eventually it's going to turn to shit. Um, so they were probably right in what they did. Um, so then I just quit. And then India, Real Kashmir. How were you first made aware of the job? Um, well, at that time, I was come at the end and I had this guy that inquired about stuff. And anyway, I got offered three jobs, one in China, one in Uganda, and one in, in Kashmir. And Kashmir was almost a club that didn't exist. It was just... And I, it, was, it was new. Um, and I thought, oh, I don't know about China. And you look at China now, I wish I'd done it. Um, and then Uganda, it was a sort of non-starter kind of thing. So I yeah. thought, I'll have a go. Um, so I did absolutely no research on Kashmir. No idea. I knew it was in India. And I thought everywhere in India was hot. And, and this is the only place that's got winter. It's got four seasons and nightmare. That's why I arrived in January. I stepped on a plane. That's arrived. why they picked the Scotsman. Sorry to interrupt. That's why they picked you. Yeah. Oh, no. um, but... I think that why I took it was it's a new club. Let's see what can happen. Because they actually, um, they actually applied. It was a brand new club because it was floods, devastation. So these two guys decided, Sandeep and Shamim, oh, let's, let's start a football team, professional football team. Oh, okay. But they thought they were going to put into the, the state league, like, you know, end up in I League Two, like one of the main leagues. Right. And they didn't know. So then I go and play, and you've got to get all these, sort of these players and, um, just, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was actually not a fluke. It was incredible, the journey. But when I arrived in Kashmir, you know, you get off and, and it's like, a, it's a military airport. So. Did you know that it, before going there? I didn't know anything. I just. You didn't know about the not, conflict between yeah, India and Pakistan? No, nothing. Not. If I, I think if I knew it, I wouldn't have gone. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so I get there and, and then you get there and, it's, and two days later, I got a phone call and the curtains are closed and one of the coaches says, um, are we training today? I guess, yeah, why wouldn't we be training? Oh, no, it's okay. and they don't like to, like, contest anything you say. I guess, I don't know, open the car, snow up to here. Couldn't train, couldn't train. And then what they did was the, somebody says, one of the owners says, oh, um, you want to train indoor? So after, we couldn't train that day, next day we'll get somewhere indoors. I guess, oh, okay, no problem. So we'll go, and it's a room like this, and it's got windows all around, it's got ceiling fans hanging down, and so this green carpet. And I'm, I'm, okay, so, so where are we training? Oh, we're training here. She can't train here. So 24 players in, like, this room. In a box, yeah. So the next day, we went to try, and they said, oh, we've cleared the pitch. But they hadn't, they just put, made, um, like... Snowmen. Snowmen. So we had to run around it. The next day, I said, well, we'll go to the indoor place again. So we'll go to the indoor place, and we do head tennis or something. And then, when I'm leaving, I've got a driver, and the driver was late. And I'm watching people putting furniture back and it was somebody's house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Was there any, like the early days, did you think, oh, fuck this, I'm going home? Well, I did. After three weeks, I went home, I went back to America. I says, I can't do this anymore. And he persuaded me to stay an extra week or so. Um, and then he said, look, make sure, can you come back, can you come back? And to be fair, I'm, I'm glad he's persistent because I, I, I did. And the lovely guys are the guys. Oh, good guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, when you first got over there, what, what was the standard like? 
Um, the level, there's some good players in Kashmir, but because it's a forgotten state, nobody really knows about it. Um, but the level, I took a team to over here, played Albany Lovers in Stenish New York, and there's only one player left, and we got we got battered five nothing and six nothing um, by those teams. This was when you first took the job. When I first took them over, um, I took them over here for a few uh, a week, played a few games. We drew with Partick under twenties and um, played uh, Jamie McKenzie's Fourth Wanderers, played uh -huh. them, drew with them. Um, it was a good experience for them, but as I said, there's only one player left. So see, when you you got that team at first, what is your thought? Just make these players better, or I need to get new players in. I, I, I don't know because the. They were, they were playing the following, that was in the summertime, but we're playing the, I think in December, January time, we're going to play the I-League too. Um, and I'm thinking, I need to get players in here. But I didn't even know the standard of I-League too. You know, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, so then what, you have trials and agents call you in. Because um, it's a good time of the season, I-League too, because it's, you know, there's a lot of free players here. Right. Yeah. And like British players, was that your first thought or was it just any players? No, I took... Um, I've got two Africans, and I lead two, you're allowed two foreign players. So this six foot five striker, Bernard, and Loveday, who's still there now, he's a Nigerian. Um, you know, good players. The Africans are good there because they're used to living in not the best of standards. Yeah. What, 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 did, what do players think when they first move over and they see all the militarized stuff? Um, well, is that a shock to them? Uh -huh. No, I, I think they just do it. There's no. Like, my, my concern was when you get some of our Indian players that knows, know all about Kashmir, there's no problem in them coming. Like, this next season coming, we've probably got the best winger in India coming to play. Right. You know, so... Um, but when you're actually there, it's not as bad as you think. Uh -huh. uh, one thing I definitely wanted to ask you, how did the Indian boys take to your British? Because I've seen you, you do go off your nut, didn't you? Yeah. How, how um, you, is, that, is that the done thing over there, or is, is that something completely No, it wasn't, no. To me, when I first went there, I didn't swear. Right. The first period, I didn't swear, but then the frustrations get, and it's not. I'm not frustrated at them. I'm frustrated at, like, you know, the, the first home game we had with dressing rooms for the first time, and there's a kit man, there's a boot guy, and everything. But because it's the first in the I League, there's all these constraints and standards you've got to set, or you've got to, you know, jump through hoops and everything. I walk in an hour and a half before the game. There's no kits, no boots, empty. First game is live on TV. What's this? The, they'd all started, they're, they're doing security, they're doing something else, and they forgot. Forgot about the strips. Forgot about the kits important things. <laughs> but they, they, they just, you know, the frustrating thing is, is that it'll be better this season going because I've, I've had to tell them everything that has to happen. And, and they did a lot of it last year, and obviously this year will be better. Um, but it's even the little things. You know, it's the little things like, kits come and, oh, the number six is missing. <laughs> And then they'll say, oh, but you can wear any, any number. I said, no, it has to be number six. Oh, no, I do. You're not in really. Yeah. And, and, and like meetings, you know, for a while, I had this, I had this little guy. He, he's no longer at the club. So, Akib, like late for training all the time. And then he would, he wouldn't show up. Where were you? Oh, I'd, uh, they've all got like scooters and motorbikes. He says, oh, on my bike, there was a, a puncture on it. I said, all right, okay. So, a week goes past. He sends me a text message. He's like this. Pointing at his bike, bus tire. <laughs> I could say, okay, okay, fair enough. And then two weeks later, exact same picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, same picture, God. unbelievable. See what you said about how, you, how it was when you went at the start mm -hmm. and how it is now. You said it'll be much better this year. Are you quite proud of the job that you've done? Yeah, but when I first went, there was no dressing rooms, nothing built. There was like two rooms you used to lose, use only for big games, like I League 2 games. 
Um, and then when you look at the crowds, we used to get probably three, four hundred at I League Two, and the stadium holds fifteen thousand. And we get you shouldn't get it, but we get over twenty thousand every game. There. Yeah. They're wow. hanging up on TV towers and everything. Watch, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, your son Mason's over there who yeah. I played with as well. Yeah. Did it take a take a bit of convincing to get him over? Um, I think I think he it did. You know, it's funny because him and my wife's been there as well, and I've painted the blackest picture ever. And they think, it's not that bad. Because when I first went there, I didn't know anyone. And the internet, in the wintertime, internet doesn't, it just disappears for well, you didn't hours. get internet? Internet, no. No. Um, so you can't even watch the old Harry Horn now? No, 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 no. <laughs> you can't do anything. No. <laughs> um, and then you have to eat. Eat in the dark, lights are out, everything. Um, in the wintertime, there's power cuts. Two hours, three times a day. Uh, but in, we're in the hotel now, so that's it's a luxury hotel, so that doesn't. Uh-huh. And is the big man enjoying it? He's flying, no, isn't he? no, he loves it. Yeah, he's, he's lost. Um, I think part time was hard for him because yeah. he was getting just his build. Um, he had a couple of. He went to Dundee United and Queen of the South before Stenish me and Peter Head, and um, you know he was he probably wasn't the fittest he'd ever been. And they really liked him as a player. And he's, he's I always know that he could he can he play, play at a high yeah. level. Yeah, yeah. But he just started to lose the weight, and he's been full time and twenty pounds he lost. Um, and he's you know in some of the bigger clubs. I've offered them big money to go. How do you manage your son? Do you go mad at him? No, he's easy. Um, I'll say to him now and again, I said, look, today I might be giving you a bit of a hard time here, so just take it, even though you don't deserve it, because I have to try and make it yeah. look a bit even, like I'm not being biased. But to be fair, he's been brilliant, and you'll call me coach, and he doesn't you know, doesn't cause any problems. You wouldn't know that he's, he's my son. Does he hang, do you hang a bit together after training and stuff like that? I know, and he'll come to my room now and again. Yeah. He comes to my room and takes a shit. That's what he does. <laughs> and then leaves. <laughs> I love that. Uh, is the hope to get him move back to, to Europe, or are you quite happy there? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd like to at some point. You know, I'll obviously I'll do this season and see what happens. But it's difficult, um, I think, because I've been away for so long, 10 years in America and a couple of years in India, it's just difficult to, to get back. But there's only so so much time that I can do this for because, you know, I've been back for three months now and it's going to be hard to go back. And I do, obviously, you miss your family, your wife and kids and, you know, your home surroundings and stuff like that. So I'll do this season and then, you know, see what happens after that. Right, just quickly on the place, uh, most harrowing sight you've seen? Harrowing sight or bizarre? Both on you go. Both. Um, a couple of times, there was one game where I going to Delhi in the team bus and... Um, I stopped at traffic lights and I just turned around and there was an elephant stopped at the traffic lights. This guy's pulling an elephant with the, the branches over it. Oh my God. And then later on, we're driving down and cows are sacred. So if a cow's in the middle of the street, you can't move it. You've got to wait till it moves. So we had a game delayed because we couldn't get past this cow. Oh my God. <laughs> do you go mad or do you just laugh? No, you, you, you know what? It's like, it, it happens, you know? Or the, or the best one is, it happened in I-League too. So you get all these like high flyers, the guys with the suits on, um, the AIFF guys. So you were playing a game. So this game in particular, um, it came to half time. So we're going, they just closed the door and the guy knocks in, oh, we need to go out. I says, we just got in. No, 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 they're here, they're here. The dignitaries are here. So we all have to go out and both teams take a picture. And then there was no half time team talk, play the same half. So the next day, the same league, I'm watching a game. And Halfway through the second half, because there's no timekeeping in India, they just show up when they want. So the game's playing in the second half, maybe 20 minutes in the second half, the referee blows a whistle. These guys with the suits <laughs> walk on the pitch, walk on the pitch, and all both teams together, all happy, happy picture. 
take the picture, <laughs> do it off, and then <laughs> bounce the ball, we can play again. Brilliant. Love that. Because <laughs> you've had games where it's been cancelled, but then the other team gets points for nearly. Ah, uh, well, we had uh, there was a. Uh, Every, in, in Kashmir, there's a lot of killings, shootings. Right. Uh, militants get killed and, and what have you. And there's always a strike if that happens. But it's, it's almost like daily life. But we had a, a game, um, with three or four games to go. We had a chance of winning the league last year. So we're playing Minerva. And it was just when there was a Palwami bomb. It was a suicide bomb. And it was about 20 miles away from where our hotel is. Um, so obviously there's a, a big concern there. And so the guy from Minerva says, oh, we're not coming. She says, uh, it's not safe to come. And we were going, oh, my God. But he never officially said it. Um, so we didn't know that if he was coming or not. So it was almost like the Scotland-Estonia game. We had to strip, get ready to play, knowing that he's probably not coming, so he never came. So the, the league, nobody knew what was going to happen. So the league sort of half said, you'll get the three points, because they didn't show up. But I think he, he put an injunction in court, because, you know, it's not safe to go there. Go right. um, and then... The next game play, we're going to be playing against East Bengal, and that got snowed off. And then um, the, the league says, oh, no, you have to play in a neutral venue. You know, it's not safe to go there. So we played there, we lost the game. And then the season almost comes to an end, and this game still hasn't been played. So they can't dish out the prize money at the end of the season because there's one game outstanding. And the game doesn't mean that. We finished third anyway, and they were. I don't know where they finished. So the league decides, well, we'll make it a draw. <laughs> and that's a done. A draw. So you think next season, oh, I don't fancy going to Kashmir. We just we won't go and we'll get a draw. We'll get a draw. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, also in the show, you highlighted one of your opposition's owners taking the team. Yeah. The skinny guy. Yeah. Is there hundreds of characters like that? Uh-huh. No, there's a lot of them. Um, you know, the big thing in India now, it's they're going for all these Spanish coaches. Right. And they all want to play like Barcelona and, and the players can't do it. Do you just kick out of them? Yeah, well, we, we, just, we just, we press them. Yeah. And we don't, we don't allow them to play from the back. But they continue to do it, and they can't do it, you know. Um, but there's, no, there's some good guys as well. You know, in the other league, there's guys like John Gregory there, Steve Coppel was there, and Phil Brown's there. Right. Um, but it's, 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 a, it's a good place. And to be fair, the club I'm at, they the look after everybody. There's a lot of clubs in India that, in the league we're in, you know, gets to a certain point in the season to stop paying players. Um, yeah. But we've never had that issue, you know. Do you speak language in India? Nah, nah. Have you tried um, no, but all the players speak English apart from, well, we've got a French guy, the big striker we've got, he's French, he can't speak any English. So I've got a, another guy from Ivory Coast that speaks French, so he, he talks to him. But there's a guy, Farhan, he's the only guy that can't speak English. And um, he, he's some boy, he's a great player, he smokes. Right. Right? But he's, he's the first player that plays. Um, he's a local guy. And I remember we're playing the I-League too. And, and after the game, I said, oh, you were effing brilliant. You were effing great. You were brilliant. Oh, oh F, F, F. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. And um, the next day, I see him walking about the hotel, and he's like this. So I asked one of the players, Hamad, I said, what's up with him? So you can speak to him. He says, he says, I thought I played well. Why was the coach shouting at me? Because I kept saying <laughs> the F word. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I had to tell him why. It's just, oh. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, you've done well there, as you said. Uh, you must have had interest for other clubs, countries. I had um, a couple of teams in India um, bigger clubs in India and then uh, Middle East but you know I just think that if I'm going to go I, I think I'd only move to go home yeah. unless I get sacked 
Yeah. Which, <laughs> You'll not be sacked. Well, you, you, I've watched that program. I'm not sure it's skipped yet. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> One thing I do want to ask you: Have you sacked that youth team manager yet? No, not yet. No, no, no. He's, but you never have you played the youth team again? No, I'm not playing them again. No, no. Kicking no. Feet, no. So you? we had um, when I, he's talking about bizarre things. So on a day-to-day basis, the start of the season because we're in the the big league, there's a lot more security. So before training, I sit up in this room above the dressing room, and this guy comes in with a, a metal detector, and didn't say anything. She asked me, can you, can you sign this? He goes, what am I signing? He says, just to check that I've, I've checked for bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. But just lastly, yeah. you would let a manager job back in Scotland eventually? Yeah, I'd like, I'd like, I'd like to come back. Why yeah. do you think there's not been any offers? I think it's just because I've been away for so long. Um, and, and maybe it's, it's a different environment. But to be honest, you know, there's guys like Dylan Kerr as well. Um, yeah. He's been successful. I, I, don't, I think he's out of a job just now, but he's been all these other places as well. He's probably done more than I have. Um, and you know he he can't even get an interview, right. you know. Um, but is that frustrating in Scotland that you can't get? Um, I think it is because obviously it's, it's close at home. You know, I've had to go somewhere else. But don't get me wrong, as as time's gone on, I really enjoy it, and I'm I'm glad that I've done it. And and I think you know in a few years' time, you look back and think, obviously, oh, that's been a fantastic experience. Yeah. Um, is there no Netflix documentaries? Are you saying? Yeah, the Bollywood are doing a movie um, with actors and actresses. So. Um, so you're getting the Bollywood gear on? Nah, I don't. I might play Gitter Abs in this, but play me, who knows? <laughs> David, pleasure. Thanks okay, very brilliant. much. Cheers, Cheers, Simon. Okay, brilliant. At Leia Healthcare, we always want to give our members more. So now you get unrestricted access to a world of benefits that will help you stay healthy. From convenient video calls with a GP to get prescriptions online, to easy access to experts when you finally want to do something about your ropey knee or dodgy back. And if you do need to see someone urgently, our clinics are available for minor injuries, all without you needing to put your hand in your pocket. Let's stay on top of your health in every way. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Insurance provided by Ellipse Insurance Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare. Leia Healthcare Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare and Leia Life is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Unrestricted benefits are available until the end of December. Fair usage policy applies. It's the new football season, and now TVs hit the back of the net. Oh, it's a stunner! As you can get the Sky Sports and Sports Extra Passes half price for three months. Now that's more like it! So, you can stream Sky Sports, Premier Sports, and BT Sport at 50% off, and all without a contract. It's perfect! That is world class. Your sport on your terms. Search Now TV Sports to find out more. 18 plus content streamed via internet. Standard pricing after three months. Further terms apply. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.